Here they come! Episode 7 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm flying solo to discuss the creature effects in the 1968 Hammer film, The Lost Continent. Yeah, again, this is a small sequence from a film, so not really enough for a full discussion. Um... But it's an effect sequence that I'm very fond of. Plus, it's from one of Hammer's uh, lesser-known films. So um, I thought I'd give it a little uh, slot here. Right, background first. Um, as many of you will know, Hammer by the mid-60s, uh, they, were, they were pretty well established with their lineup of uh, horror films and horror characters. Um, and they just started dabbling in more um, fantastical films. Uh, like One Million Years B.C. and the other prehistoric romps. Um, but Michael Carreras, who apparently was never a fan of the ho horror films, which I find odd, considering you know the amount of money they must have been um, taking in. He was never really uh, fond of the horror films. He, he didn't really like the characters, or the monsters, or the creatures, or whatever you want to call them, uh, except for The Mummy. He, he quite liked The Mummy, but he didn't like the others. And he thought the way ahead lay in more action-adventure films. You know, kind of like uh, the ones that, uh, the swashbucklers that they'd been doing uh, previously. And he started to look around uh, for a more suitable project. He was friends with the author Dennis Wheatley, who Hammer at the time were um, courting because they were going to do a film adaptation of his novel, um, uh, The Devil Rides Out. And he eventually persuaded um, Dennis... Um, to allow them to film his novel, Uncharted Seas. And uh, apparently, um, Dennis had actually forgotten that he wrote it. So, yeah, not one of his uh, better-known novels, I guess. Um, and when you read the synopsis, it is kind of like odd for Dennis Wheatley. Um, it's the tale of a Swedish cargo ship, uh, which has a number of passengers on board who get caught up in a storm. Uh, they have to abandon the ship. Then later on, they get back on the ship. They get um, they spend some time adrift. Um, then they get caught in a mass of weed that carries them to an uncharted island, where they find themselves caught um, in a centuries-old war uh, between the descendants of an African slave ship that had run aground there. Um, um, the descendants in this group had uh, descended into cannibalism. Okay. Um, and on the other side of the war, you had the descendants of a uh, English colonists' ship, uh, which had sailed and got caught there in the time of Cromwell. As well as that, they also have to deal with uh, giant crab monsters and a giant squid before a ship comes along and away they sail to safety. Once they had the rights, Hammer made a ton of changes, I guess led by Michael Carreras, who... Um, um, wrote the script, and I really don't know what Dennis Willey would have made of, of all these changes. The first one was quite a small one, change it to The Lost Continent. 
Hammer kept the cargo ship and the passengers, uh, but they upped the soap opera element quite a bit. Uh, the seaweed was now killer seaweed and uh, quite vocal killer seaweed too. The slave and English descendants ships were replaced by a single Spanish galleon uh, inhabited by descendants of the conquistadors, which apparently came from a very small reference that was in the book, the idea that there was a Spanish galleon there as well. Well, Hammer took that idea and jettisoned everything else, and now we've just got the one Spanish galleon with descendants of the conquistadors, uh, complete with a really nasty, horrible piece of work, Grand Inquisitor, from the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, something I don't think Dennis would have seen come in there. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! And we get the creatures, the focus of this episode. It's an oddity of a film that, like I say, I've got, got a great deal of fondness for, as it is so blooming odd. I saw this, um, I guess, late 70s, um, late one night, watching it on a black and white portable up in my bedroom with the sound down low so I wouldn't wake up my brother. So that added to the oddness of your first encounter with the film. But you watch it now, and um, even now watching it you know, on a big telly, um, you know, in colour, um, uh, on DVD, it's still, it's got, a, it's got a strange, unsettling feel to it. Um, and we start with a drama on board the ship, uh, but the characters are not very pleasant. Uh, they're all pretty unpleasant, and uh, you don't really root for anyone. We then get a thriller, as the explosives on board mustn't get wet during the storm. It then turns into a mystery when they find themselves surrounded by seaweed in strange seas. We then get horror when we find the seaweed is not only carnivorous, but almost sentient as well. And then we get the uh, Spanish descendants. A cheap weapon a surprise! Blah, 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 blah. Like the book, the film has creatures at the end. And the first one we see is this... I, I'm guessing it's a nod back to the giant squid that was in the book. It's this huge one-eyed octopus that uh, comes up to the side of the ship, uh, reaches up with its tentacles and uh, menaces a couple of characters. Really good design, this. It's a one-eyed octopus, as I say. Its eye... Um, is actually a glowing green there's some sort of like light bulb inside it uh, glowing quite brightly and there's some sort of movement as well you can see some sort of movement going on in there I don't know if that's meant to convey an eyelid um, it certainly doesn't try blinking but there is definitely movement in there somebody's moving something around inside but uh, yeah the eye is really good the skin is really good as well it's white with some horrible green tint to it and at one point it gets a tentacle severed and that's uh, in true hammer style nice and icky so that's that's the first creature shortly after that the characters have gone for uh, a stroll across the seaweed on their nifty paddle shoes and stop at a rocky outcrop and um, one of the characters sits down to have a cigarette and we realize something that he doesn't and that's that the the rock face that be, that's behind him is actually concealing the second uh, monster, my favourite monster, the crab monster. We see that um, um, its arms are actually uh, hiding its face and they slowly come down and we get to see his face. And uh, yeah, it's an amazing face. He's got, again, he's got green glowing eyes which glow amazingly bright. They're almost like, well, maybe they did uh, use car headlamps, but very, very bright eyes, these. Um, 
the guy turns round and we see a, a, a full shot of the face and he has the most hideous <laughs> he he has the most hideous mouth i, I i'm thinking it might be a um a nod back to the giant squid idea in that it's it's sort of like a beak but it's really strange and and fleshy and floppy and it moves in and out like mad i'm guessing there's a guy inside this uh inside this creature and he's pushing that mouth in and out in and out for all he's worth it's it's yeah it's really quite a nasty horrible mouth <laughs> um and the sound the, the, the sound that goes with it is, is equally horrible. I, I've held off on um, doing a clip for this sequence until now because I kind of like wanted to explain just what you're about to hear. Um, here comes the clip. The first bit is the guy um, sat there with his cigarette. Uh, the music builds. That The first little noise that you hear, that's the noise of the seaweed. But you'll hear his reaction and then you'll hear this... Um, well, how do, you, how do you describe it? Uh, squelching, breathing noise? I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, here's the clip, and make your own mind up. So he attacks the crewman. Uh, we get to see him in a long shot. And you see that his arms are held out straight in front of him. They're not articulated in any way. Uh, reminded me very much of, um, how do you say it? Belial? Is it Belial? I think it's Belial. He's also known as the cucumber monster from It Conquered the World that had these very straight, rigid arms that really didn't do anything. Um, but he doesn't really need to do anything. He's, he's got them outstretched and he starts throttling uh, the crewman. Um, and then we get the third creature... It, it's it's a bug-eyed scorpion-like beastie who just happens to be on top of the rocky outcrop, and we see him there, and he, he's he's moving forward, and not in the most convincing of ways. It looks kind of like he's on some sort of like wheel trolley affair with some some small articulation of the legs to try and convey that he's actually scuttling along, but no, he doesn't scuttle along very well at all. So he's up top, there's some sort of like earth tremor thing and he falls off the top uh, down in front of the crab. Again, not convincingly whatsoever, making it even more likely that uh, he's got a fixed base with will affair on it. Almost like a go-kart, I suppose. Um, so anyway, um, he topples off, lands in front of the um, crab and starts to fight the crab. Um, and here we see the crab in his entirety and it's apparent that he's some sort of like limpet crab or something like that. Um, he, 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 he's living inside a whacking great big shell. And as he's fighting the crab, he does this weird thing where he kind of like wheels forward and back, forward and back. Again, it just looks like he's on rollers or something. Um, not very convincing there either. Anyway, the crab monster finally gets shot in one eye and dies. And the scorpion scuttles away. Again, not too convincingly. He almost looks like one of the robots uh, in Robot Wars, the way he trundles off. Well, that's it. That's the sequence. I told you it was short. Um, so we're going on to behind the scenes. The creatures were designed and built by Robert Matty, who was an effects bod for Walt Disney and had been Oscar nominated for his work on The Absent-Minded Professor in the early 60s. He was taking a break from Disney 
and for some reason came across the pond to work for Hammer. I don't know if uh, Hammer sought him out because they knew that they had to have these creatures or if he heard that there was work going and applied. I don't know. Um, the three creatures were all full-size mechanical creations, much like the giant squid he worked on for Disney's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And also Bruce the Shark from Jaws, who Robert had come out of retirement um, to work on later on. Um, though he made the three creatures, I'll put up on Facebook uh, the day Dennis Wheatley visited the studio and, um, and the effects shop. And he was photographed mugging with a couple of monsters not used in the film. There's a miniature model of the Cyclops octopus. Um, I'm guessing that was there because they were going to have a long shot of the octopus attacking a, a, a miniature or the miniature of the ship. And I don't know if it was filmed or not, but it certainly didn't make the uh, final cut. And another creature that looks very similar to um, those very nightmarish looking deep sea fish of the real world. Anyway, as I say, I'll, I'll, I'll put photos up on Facebook and you can see what I mean. The big question though is what happened to the creatures? Um, Hammer, Hammer could be quite frugal and, and very often reused uh, props, uh, sets and costumes. But I'm thinking maybe the, these creatures were just too recognisable or just too bizarre. What other film are you going to put them in? Unless you were going to do a, a Lost Continent sequel, I can't see uh, what else you could have put them in. Maybe if you were going to have uh, aliens in Moon Zero 2, which they would move on to make, maybe they could have used them there, but they didn't. Uh, there's no record of what happened to them. I don't know if uh, Robert Matty actually uh, owned copyright on them. Um, and uh, took them home with them. Uh, would be nice to think that uh, they were put on a cargo ship and then somewhere across the Atlantic got caught in some seaweed and uh, they're still there on a cargo ship to this day. Or more likely they were just destroyed. Uh, the, sets, the sets were struck and so were the monsters and that was the end of them. Right, so that's that. Um, on to the rating then. The sequence taken as a whole all three creatures taken as a whole it does have some defects uh, the scorpions movement uh, the crabs fixed arms but the design of them is great they just weren't executed well taking that into account i'd be prone to give it a four um, but those terrific eyes and that fantastically gruesome crab's mouth adds another point for me so i'm going to give it a five Okay, that's me done. I'd like to end by saying if you've never seen the film before, I do urge you to take a look. Um, it's an odd, strange little film, but uh, one of my favourite hammers. If you've not seen it and don't fancy watching it, head on over to the Facebook and Instagram pages where you can at least see photos. That's it. Uh, thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. strong because you can survive the soft cushions. Well, we shall see. Biggles, put her in the comfy chair. Now, you will stay in the comfy chair until lunchtime with only a cup of coffee at 11. Is that maybe all it takes? Oh, yes, Lord. I think. 
I suppose we make it worse by shouting a lot, do we? Confess, woman. Confess. Confess! Confess! Confess!